Welcome to Cower Cult Media. This compilation of Mindfucks for Fun and Profit is copyright 2006 by CowerCult.com and all rights are reserved. The recording you are about to hear was made during a phone seminar given on August 1st, 2005, and it is just over one hour long. The presenter is the New York-based BDSM educator known in the scene as FLAG. FLAG's audience was a group of about 10 dominant females who were interested personally and professionally in the topic of what is known as a mindfuck. Unfortunately, the first three or four minutes of the call have been lost to us. This recording picks up as FLAG introduces the topic to his audience and things begin to really get rolling. You can find out about future events of this type by visiting v-estate.com or cowercult.com. Enjoy. The facilitator for this event was Kamiko. My name is Soul Hunter, and on behalf of everyone here at cowercult.com, I'd like to thank you for your support. Suggestion, which is leading to conclusions and false intuitive leaps. Suggestion is the verbal equivalent of the stagecraft of illusion, leading statements misdirection, misinformation. It's the craft of leading someone to believe something without ever actually saying, I differ this from lying, as outright falsehoods are to be avoided. And then dread, trepidation and anxiety of the unknown, suspended, suspected and inferred. Dread is creeping tension, a crawling sensation of being afraid of something, but not knowing what that something is. It's a closed box of it, hand behind the back, knowing smile, Unlike fear, dread can be sustained near indefinitely and with very little work. Now, fear is trepidation and anxiety of the known, the immediate or the potential. While fear might be considered an end in itself and a worthy one, it's here defined as different from dread. Fear requires a known subject to be afraid of. Fear is immediate, the rat in the box, uh, the gloved hand emerging from the closet, the glitter of a scalpel being brought into the light. Unlike dread, terror and fear tend to exhaust themselves and the subject very quickly. They can be difficult to sustain, often changing into anger, passing out, other escapes. Now, authority structures, the rules and guidelines that define the power exchange. Whatever you term your arrangement to be, mistress worm, master slave, sir boy, superior servant, whatever rules or lack of them you use to define your rights, privileges, obligations, whatever, I'm referring to as structure. That way, it's universal. I don't have to deal with anyone's personal definitions. Uh, trap, a mindfuck sequence inside the rules of a structure. Within a clearly defined structure, it's very easy to create a mindfuck situation where the rules are an essential part of the dilemma. If deliberately engineered and carefully employed, this can be an asset. If carelessly or accidentally applied, it tends to erode a structure. And then finally, a trick, which is a mindfuck sequence outside the rules of the structure. Arranged event like a surprise abduction can appear for the duration of the experience to be outside the rules of the structure or unrelated to the structure entirely. Here again, I'd advise caution, for although some people live for such just such an experience, others might consider them damaging or unforgivable. So we're going to be using those definitions a lot. We're going to refer back to them. Um, these are not graven in stone. These are not Bible definitions. These are not universal definitions. They're just for the purposes of the discussion. Okay. So the, the first things you really ought to understand are, are the things you ought to know, and the things you ought to know, you ought to know your subject. Um, the more you know about them, the more effective you can be in leading them. It seems obvious. It's worth mentioning a few more times. You need to know your subject. If you, if you want to give somebody a deep, hard mind fuck, you have to know what works on them, have some idea of how they'll react, and what things you might want to avoid. Like humiliation, mind thinks to different people. What works on one might leave another one yawning and a third never speaking to you again. Uh, it's more than that. It's not just about psychological hot buttons. It's also about the mundane details you might not ordinarily think about. If the devil is in the details, you've got to realize, is the person you're dealing with curious? Would an unopened package in the mail drive them crazy? What if you made a mail it away and never mentioned it again? What if you refuse to discuss it or acknowledge it? Um, is he ever going to bring that you're going to bring a certain other dominant in? Uh, what if you keep mentioning them while you're on the phone with them and sound like you're smiling and trying to stifle the smile? I've said it before that a submissive tongue is good for three things, and the third one is a shovel. 
given enough time and robustness, it will tell you everything you want to know. I swear they can't help it. So the, listen, the information's there. All you have to do is pay attention. Um, they're going to be telling you their fantasies constantly under these circumstances. That's what they're there for. Look for the common themes, not just the individual fetishistic details. And the common themes of how their fantasies make them feel and what it is they are pursuing in those fantasies. That's a lot of your telling information right there. That's a lot of your key fundamental cornerstone information. Um, things to know, being aware, discovering all the positive and negative motivation that you can, digging for them. Once you know them, applying them judiciously, nothing numbs the senses better than overkill. Uh, positive motivators. A submissive will jump through hoops in most cases to get their fetishes fulfilled. For many, that very act makes it all the much more exciting. Fetishes are not your only positive motivator, though. Approval, attention, and affection are all powerful when applied to the right people in the right way. Use them sparingly as they become all the more desirable in their scarcity. Negative motivators. If you know what works, make sure its presence can be felt. A threat, direct or implied, may be enough. Fear of pain is often more useful than pain itself. Disapproval can be crushing for some, shrugged off by others. The other thing to be aware of are even more powerful negative images, phobias, for example. If your boy's terrified of cockroaches, that's absolutely fair game in many cases for an ideal mindfuck. Now, bringing actual cockroaches into a scene might be clearly outside of the structure's limit, but the dread that there might be a cockroach in the room where he's lying is another thing entirely. Let's see. And the last thing to know is knowing your goal. Being clear about your aims from the outset. This is stagecraft. You have to be three steps ahead. The goal is similar to writing, painting, or any other act of creation. You have to know what you want to create from the outset and then work towards the end. Try not to get bogged down in the fetishistic details at first. It's not about the toys or the tools. It's about the state of mind you're setting out to invoke. Work backwards. What do you want? Do you want panic? Do you want terror? Do you want creeping dread? Do you want paranoia? What state of mind do you want your subject to be in in the end? And once that is achieved, what are you going to do with them? A good mindfuck is not over until the curtain is drawn back and you get to take your bow after all. We'll, we'll do more on that later. If you know your subject, you'll have some idea of what tools might work, what goal mental state you're seeking. Work backwards asking yourself, what would cause this reaction that I desire? How long do I want this to go on? How much time do I have? Do I have assistance? What assets do I have to make this happen? Write a list if you can. It'll be handy as you get ideas later on. Once you get a taste for this, you'll be doing it again. Be especially careful if you're considering a trick or a trap. Traps can make submissives feel confined and helpless, or they can cause anger and resentment at an unjust, impossible situation. Tricks can, can be terrifying, exhilarating ride into helplessness or a furious, potentially disastrous event. Know what you want, know what you're like, and then plan it out. I just want to say again, remember that the goal is the state of mind invoked in the subject, not the sequence itself. If you have fetishized the specific sequence in your head, you know, first I'll get some guys to follow them a few blocks so he's really nervous, and then I'll jump out in the dark suit, then you're not thinking about your subject, and you'll need to find a suit your fantasy, not a scenario to mindfuck your subject. In a mindfuck, it's about the subject, not the sequence. Know what your subject, you want your subject to experience as opposed to what you want to do to them. And lastly, know yourself. Never threaten anything you're not willing or capable of doing. That includes terminating the relationship. There is nothing more disempowering than an empty threat. If your subject knows you, then they'll know when you're bluffing. Even if they don't, they may well call your bluff. The answer is don't bluff ever. I'm sure you can come up with suitably dismaying threats and dire promises, especially if you know what some of those negative reinforcement buttons are. As a rule, I advise against any form of outright lie in a mindfuck scenario. It simply devolves into role-playing or worse, broken trust. 
However, the pressure to find out just the right thing to say can lead you to saying foolish things if you're not careful. Don't bluff. It might give them something to hang on to, and, and we wouldn't want that. Avoid lying. Allow misconception. In the same vein, I'll always advise avoidance of the outright lie. Not only can you damage your relationship and essential trust, you can get caught. It's a bad moment for Oz the Great and Terrible when the pesky dog runs from behind the curtain. If a falsehood is absolutely necessary, make certain that it's one resolved in the positive on the side of safety or structure. For example, if you need to convince your slave that you'll be away from the night in order to have a staged abduction occur and have no other option but to lie, at least in the end it will turn out there. Making sure all that went well, it's easily forgivable. Consider the inverse, promising you'll be somewhere and then failing to show up, much more upsetting situation. Of course, if the third alternative, promise you'll be there, appear that you failed to show up, then turn out the end to show that you were there and were managing the situation all along. Thus, you're actually remaining true to your word. Piece of dishonesty is an acceptable tool, provided you turn out to be dependable in the end. Never compromise your structure. The last of the honesty issues I'm going to expand on is the structure of your relationship. A mindfuck is no excuse to break the limits, to suddenly and abruptly reintroduce an unnegotiated element, or to force issues of contention. Nor is it acceptable substitute for therapy. Leave the psychodramas to the experts. Look at your structure honestly for what it is and stay inside the framework of your actual needs, um, if not the appearances of... Earlier I mentioned a boy who is phobic of cockroaches. We can safely assume they're being mentioned among his limits somewhere. If it's appropriate, therefore, to actually unleash a Madagascar hissing roach into his cage or possibly even bring it into the room with him, no, that's not appropriate. However, if you spend a week leaving the evidence that suggests you might have ordered and then make some scratchery scampering sounds across his chest with a feather while you make sounds of amused disgust while he's blindfolded, that's well within the structure. The only roaches are in his imagination. In the end, you are true to your word. In the end, you're supporting your structure. Um, the fact that you can all get together to talk on the phone here and that you have a, a community is to your advantage. Conspire with those you trust. If you want a mystery package to show up at, your, at their door, it's a little awkward to send it from the, from the home you both share, for example. Why go to the sitcom when you can have a co-conspirator mail it? If you want your slave with modesty issues to worry about a peeping Tom, you're only going to be able to get out and rattle the bushes by the window so many times before your boy puts it together. It'd be his first thought anyway, if that's you. Have a friend do it the first night. That'll firmly establish an unknown third party so that when you start leaving scary but really hot letters pasted together out of magazine letters and scraps of dirty magazines, the illusion is already in motion. Besides, if you're friendly enough to help you, they're twisted enough to have some good ideas that you might not have thought of. Don't just enlist dominance either. There's a few things that most subs like more than seeing one of their own suffer. Take advantage of situations of leverage. Improvise, adapt, adopt, improve. Think fast. Your opportunities to sink the screws in a little deeper will be coming all the time. If possible, don't pursue them. Let them come. Letting you think you sent away for a dental drill on eBay is a lot more convincing if he brings up a related subject and you infer it, rather than a clumsy attempt to steer the conversation. Take your time, gather your information, and act when the opportunity arises. Okay, I'm going to open the floor up for, for questions a little bit, and then we're going to talk about actually creating a sequence. If you guys um, have a question, just go ahead and um, unmute yourself by hitting a six, and then go ahead and hit it again, and Flag will, will take you as you guys come. They still out there? <laughs> yeah, they're still out here. Um, can we? Lisa got disconnected and she can't get back in. Oh, okay. Um, let's see here. Um, let me oh. work on that. Hello. <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm in. This is Lisa. Okay. Oh, okay. Thanks, Beverly. <laughs> Thank you. I did finally get the call back. <laughs> it was the promise to be a problem with my own phone. Okay, I'm Actually, glad. I do have a question, though, if somebody else wasn't waiting. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, now, maybe I didn't, maybe I wasn't paying attention fully either. I, I, I may have misunderstood. So this is clarification too. Um, I thought you said, okay, at one point, don't. Um, in other words, don't don't lie. In other words, don't say something where you know the sub might call my bluff and uh, right. you know call me on something right that I'm not going to follow through on, right? right. Um, but then earlier when you were talking about cockroaches. And you said, well, there's nothing wrong with leading them to believe there might be a cockroach in the room. Isn't, what is the difference? Okay. That's, that's, that's a, a good question because um, I think that's a really important concept. Mm-hmm. The idea of the mindfuck is to lead them to jump to erroneous conclusions from prints, mm-hmm. from um, misleading evidence. Um, if you were to say, I bought a cockroach. I'm going to put it on you. Where do you go from there? Okay. What, what are you going to do? I mean, you're, you're done, right? It's over. There's nothing, you know? <laughs> it, it's that Daffy Duck thing. It's a great trick, but you can only do it once. Maybe they freak out. Their heart beats a little faster, but then it's over, and you gain nothing. But if you are talking about... You know how 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 the divine princess is spending her time, and and she happens to have found an interesting catalog filled with exotic animals, and then let it go. And then the next time you're talking, you mention you've ordered some interesting animals, and then let it go. And then the next time you're talking, you talk about how difficult it is to find the right kind of mealworms to feed Madagascar hissing roaches. You haven't said you have them. You haven't said you're going to put it on them. But they're putting things together, and they're going to worry, and they're going to start feeling dread. And they're going to go, did you buy roaches? And the answer is none of your business. That's where you want to start, that creeping Mm -hmm. uncertainty. And then in the end, because you have an agreement, no roaches, roaches are bad. In the end, it turns out you don't have roaches. In the end, it turned out that you were within your word. You can still be trusted. You were just fucking with them, mm-hmm. making them worry, making them fantasize about what it would be like to have a roach put on them. Gotcha. He built so it all up in his own head. They built it all up in their head. And when we get to tools, what I'm going to be doing is teaching the tools to get people to build it up in their heads. Flag? Yeah. I love this so far. I would just really, like, yeah. Thank you. This is Tom. That, that, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, I would just ask that you slow down a little when you're going over definitions and these upcoming tools, because. Well, the tools we're going to go a little slower on because okay. it's not just concept. I can only write so fast. Okay. It's, it's, um, <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. Thanks. No problem. It's the dread that they they need. That's why they call us. Okay. If everybody's ready. I'll move on to part two. Yeah, I am. We all pretty much together on what the what the goal is here. Create as much dread as possible. I'm ready. All right. And we're good. Hold on just a moment. <coughs> okay. So we're gonna start. And creating your sequence with creating illusions. What I'll try and do is I'll try and tip you off when you're getting to a point to write notes about because I'll be talking about ideas and you're not going to have to write down every word. But creating illusions. Everyone believes evidence, especially the evidence of their own eyes. To create an illusion is to provide that evidence. Let's say you threaten your slave with... Uh, Moving him out to an all-weather dog kennel in the backyard. He's terrified. You don't have to mention it again. Why would you? You can simply order some catalogs from pet stores, leaving them around bookmarked to kennels. 
uh, one or two over two weeks we did it. Then leave out one with a circled cage and the order form ripped out. And when he asked about it, completely reclaimed the catalogs and blandly denied that you ordered anything. Or even better, just tell them it's not their business. The idea of an illusion is to allow the subject to jump to the conclusions that you've led them to. People are more convinced by what they decide than by what they're told. A few small pieces of leading evidence carelessly left about or clumsily concealed are worth hours of threats and innuendo. People are all talk. Evidence suggests action. What's worse is that this action is already underway. Now, when you're dealing with a long-distance relationship, especially with the the uh, you know the the money for the financial issues, you have some interesting advantages because they'll never know what you do and don't have in your house. They'll never know the truth of your life, and they can be expected to pay for things, or they have an expectation that they are going to be called on to pay for things. So let's take that dog kennel suggestion. If we spent some time dropping the idea that, you know, this person could end up in a dog kennel, you could send them the catalogs just conversationally, you know, um, or tell them if they can't receive mail at home, tell them what websites you've been looking at. Believe me, they'll go where you've been. But the idea is to create an illusion that something is already going on. Um, now, creating props. The foundation of the illusion is the prop, the leading evidence that brings the subject to the desired conclusion. Unexplained packages or visits, mail or catalogs, Letters written in a strange hand or from unknown email addresses. A fake website. These things are easily crafted or obtained and are powerfully convincing. It seems to me that the most convincing way to use such evidence is let it be discovered rather than present it directly. Perhaps a third-party co-conspirator can bring it to light. You know, so, uh, so Bob, did, did your mistress get it yet? Get, get what? Oh. Uh, my mistress was talking to your mistress. Uh, she said that your mistress was going to make some big purchase, some sort of all-weather dog kennel. What? Yeah, um, she showed her this morning. I have it right here. You know, the people will all line up to help each other if somebody's going to suffer. Um, part of creating a sequence is uh, denial and creation of information and sensory input. Plausible deniability. You know, watch, watch the X-Files. You'll, you'll get all the instruction you need. Nothing will convince someone of something faster than the sense of something being kept from him or her, something vital. Say you want to convince them that you did receive an all-weather dog kennel and that they'll be sleeping there from now on. You left catalogs. You found them. He's worried. When he asks, what do you do? You tell the truth. No, I did not buy a kennel. Do you promise? Why should I have to? I just told you I didn't. That's enough for you. We're not talking about this again. Your goals are achieved. You've led him to a conclusion. You've told him the absolute truth, and you're well within your structural guidelines. Later on, after he's found the empty cardboard box, which you engineered a label for on your PC and had a friend send you, uh, cuff him in the corner and blindfold him while you hammer something together in the backyard. What he doesn't know is what he'll be most afraid of. The principle here is to deny facts and create innuendo. Let's say you're having a surprise party for your slave, but you want to convince him that he's being delivered into the hands of a brutal, uncaring professional for retraining. A faked website is good. A phone conversation he can eavesdrop on is better. Take a few, talk to a few friends about the idea. Take notes on possible locations. If you build a website, Give them that one and a list of similar sites to research for you. Refuse to discuss it. You have not made up your mind. You are waiting to see if he improves. When you finally load his terrified carcass into the car, make him pack a suitcase with a very few regimented things, blindfold him, and off you go. Drive around for two hours while your friends arrange the party back home. 
better yet, blindfold him, toss his shackle back into a strange car, and have a friend who will not speak to him drive him around and set up the surprise. Um, I think you, uh, with this community, you have a really unique opportunity here that, uh, that most dominants I've seen don't have. Um, I think you have a unique opportunity to pool your strengths and create convincing mindfucks for the people under you in a, uh, in a cooperative way. Um, think about that Michael Douglas movie, The Game. We're not talking about anything that extreme or, or far-reaching, but really all it takes to shift someone's reality drastically is two or three people all maintaining the same fiction. Okay. Creating suggestions. Applying context is the hardest suggestion. While illusion is primarily visual or material, suggestion is primarily verbal or written. The offhanded comment, the dire threat, the innocent expression of interest are all good examples. How these things are used is a matter of craft, elements of repetition and insinuation. Repetitions first. Say it once and it won't stick. Say it too many times and you're obviously up to something. So it's a delicate balance. You should know your, your people but in general, I find that three times over a week is just enough to get these alarm bells to go off, but not enough to be obvious. You want to plant a suspicion, a doubt. You want to inspire dread. If you want to actually do the research, pick a more innocent topic and see how many repetitions it takes until they look at you and go, what's with you and sunflowers this week, mistress? Then when you're starting your mind fog, aim for one or two less repetitions. Remember, topics they're afraid of or fascinated with or excited by will stick faster than your sunflower experiment. But it's worth finding out how long it takes one of your people to pick up. You know, if they're slow, it'll take more. If they're fast, it'll take very little. And it's very simple to start figuring that out. The other factor is insinuation. There's a screenwriting phrase that goes, the scene is never about what the scene is about. Whenever possible, do not address the suggestion directly to your subject. Talk about a scene in a movie. Once it's brought up, talk about other elements of the film. You can't really talk about deliverance without talking about the squeal like a pig scene. But you're talking about a movie, not anal rape. Really, honestly. Bring your suggestion up as tangential to the actual focus of the dialogue. Ideally, you want to be able to look back and say, I mentioned X in our conversation about Y. When you combine this with an awareness of your opportunities, you'll end up with a situation where something gets mentioned four or five times over a span of conversation, an afternoon, or a week, yet it's utterly blameless, plausible deniability. This amounts to an application of the power of suggestion. If you engage someone in a conversation about Chinese food and use the phrase Chinese food over and over, constantly mentioning Chinese food and how much you like Chinese food, and then ask them what do they want to eat, what's the first thought? You don't have to mean it. You don't have to really want it. But what was the very first thing that crossed your mind? All you want to do is make them think it. Once you've done that, you're well on your way. One example at this time, a goddess is going to give her boy to a dominant leather man of her acquaintance, or so she wants him to think. In truth, it's just going to be her with a strap on, but she wants to fuck his mind along with the rest of him. So she'll week or so beforehand, she begins dropping comments. The off-handed comment. Talking about things that turn them on, so the conversation turns to the sound the lover makes. You sound great when I fuck you. I just wish I could see you better. I want to be able to watch you get fucked someday. Now, our boy is enthusiastic. He assumes she means by another dominant woman. Let him think so. The conversation can now be turned to sites that turn them on, see this planted, let it go. Then dire threats. Maybe you'd think a little clearer if you appreciated how good I am to you. I know a leather man who'd be happy to teach you a lesson right up your ass, boy. Now, especially in context, this is not going to inspire the enthusiasm of the first comment, but the seed's been planted. If he tries to react to that, bring his attention back to the subject. The reason that you're threatening him in the first place is what he's done wrong, not about let him in fucking his ass. He should be focusing on what the problem was. That's what you're talking about, after all. 
you mentioned X in a conversation about Y. The innocent expression of interest. I think Tom, a Finland art is really hot. I always wanted to watch men fuck each other. From here on, you can go on to art, gay porn, or other relation subjects. You've dropped the seed, and if he tries to focus, no, I'm talking about Tom of Finland. No, I'm talking about gay porn. No, I'm talking about something else. Individually, each one of these might have some effect, but what if you strung them all together over the course of a week? We're going to get back to this example a little later to suggest how to use it to, to put it all together. I'm going to open the floor up for questions for a second. Anybody have any questions? Go in once. Remember, all you have to do is hit six. Go in twice. Go in three times. It's all yours, Flag. All righty. So we have some idea on how to start with verbal gambits. Now, inspiring dread. Almost universally, mind play is about creating fear, dread, and tension in your subject. Not by definition. I mean, we could use all these techniques to make your subject think you're having eggs for breakfast and then surprise, you're having cereal. But tell me if it's any fun. Me, I'm all for deep hurting, so that's what we're going to talk about. Sorry, dry throat. Fear and dread enhance the sensation of being controlled, of one's fate not being one's own, which is what submissives are there for, after all. Like a roller coaster, fear is the purest experience of loss of control, the mainline rush for the sensation junkie. Fear, however, is fleeting. People cannot really maintain states of terror very long. Most people shut down or enter alternate states of consciousness. So, back for last. What you are most often looking for is dread, the evil twin of anticipation. Dread can exist in varying levels throughout the experience and can be maintained almost indefinitely to some degree. Where fear is the immediate reaction to a perceived threat, dread is the stomach-aching, hungering, lingering trepidation, especially the unknown. When mixed with a fetish context, it makes for a memorable waiting period as the inexorable drama of the mind play unfolds. The most useful way to create dread is to deny, to deny information. Strange sounds, closed doors, secrecy are all tools to create fears of the unknown. As a rule, an unknown is always scarier than what is known, no matter how terrible that knowledge. Pain can be endured, humiliations braved, challenges overcome, but there's no getting around a mystery, especially a terrible one. Innuendo. Never commit to anything. Admit nothing and don't give a scrap away more than you have to. However, you have to find ways to reference the idea you're trying to inspire dread of. Reading a book or watching a movie conspicuously that features a scene known to have the element in question will often bring the idea to mind in your subject. Uh, refer to these things bleakly. Insinuate. Give the impression that's on your mind, but never own up to it. Never commit to your illusion until it's too late for them to stop or avoid what they fear is going to happen. Okay, we're going to start looking at putting it all together now. Now, I don't have any uh, examples in my notes that are specifically tailored for long-distance relationships. But we're going to come up with a couple during the question and answer. In the meantime, as we go through these various examples and scenarios, recognize the tools, how they're broken down, because really what you want here is not prefabricated scenarios because no, nothing I could prefabricate will fit your particular structures and your particular relationships like a glove. But the tools, once you understand them, it's Lego. It's, it's, it's Tinker Toys. You'll put it together on your own. It'll be the perfect shape. Now, in all the examples I've provided so far, there's been some element of dread and the denial of information the insinuation of the source of fear, and the illusion of the fear. Let's look at him. Uh, boy terrified of cockroaches. The denial. He never sees any roaches because there are none. He's never told you did obtain roaches for certain because you didn't. He can't see what makes the noise or scampering across his skin. The insinuation. 
you mentioned that it's possible to order huge roaches online more than once. The illusion, an empty package, a stiff feather across the skin, and a hissing sound from a small spray can of compressed air, and a blindfold. Um, and you have your, your, your prepackaged cockroach scenario. Modest slave peeping Tom, the denial. The slave never sees who's out there for certain. It's you or an accomplice. The letters have no postage or identifying marks. The insinuation. You mention a stranger standing by the front walk a few days running or telephone hangups while the slave was not at home. Illusion. You arrange for a friend to be visible briefly outside the window. Leave cryptic messages in the mailbox and arrange for a phone hangups when you are home or when you're both home. Slave in the dog kennel. Denial. He's told that there's no kennel. He's given no further info, and the issue is conspicuously never discussed. When you are building the kennel in the backyard, he's blindfolded. Insinuation. You threaten it once and drop statements about the idea into other conversations, seeding his consciousness with the idea. The illusion. A curious box, pet catalogs, and finally the sound of construction in the backyard while he's helpless to observe or interfere. The slave girl, the slave in the surprise party. Denial. He's told that you're considering sending uh, him away, and you never give him a definite answer. When he's packed into a car without discussion or notice, he's blindfolded and wondering which of the institutes of training he's been researching he'll be sent to, and the driver will not answer any questions. Insinuation. Sending him to do research on the institutes in question, surfing websites, and gathering information. Illusion, a faux website specializing in all the things he's most afraid of, a nightmare of a training facility, and a mysterious driver in a strange car, a long ride to nowhere. The boy to be fucked by a leather man. Denial, it's never discussed or brought up for negotiation of any sort, blindfolding at the moment of truth. Insinuation, references to gay porn, leather men you know, erotic art of the right type, deliverance, anal rape. Illusion, phone calls from an unidentified man, a man present at the final hour or you in heavy boots smoking a cigar while he's blindfolded, large gloves, a new and unfamiliar strap-on. Once you have it on, where do you go from there? What's your payoff? Putting it all together in the final act is figuring out the payoff. You know, give the people what they want. This all has to lead somewhere. A good mindfuck ends with a spike point, a moment of decision or conflict that builds all the factors to a peak, essentially a final act. It's the heart of the mindfuck, the payoff. It allows closure, a relief of the dread and tension which you've been carefully cultivating for hours, days, weeks, or even months. In some ways, this is the easiest part. It's the moment you probably first envisioned. Hold on just a moment. Um, provided they, they find something that's uh, you know, non-duplicated. Okay. Sorry about that. In some ways, the easiest part, the one you probably first envisioned, you're, this is the one we first said, sit down about uh, where you want to go, what you want to see, where you want this to lead. This is that point. The NMM online play allows for an explosion of fear or other mental states but it also achieves a catharsis, a moment where after the world's been turned upside down, it writes itself. This is the moment that reaffirms trust, commitment, and structure. However, it doesn't always come immediately. There can be periods of shock and uncertainty as they try to realign a, a reality which has been drastically and intentionally altered, and they may need multiple reinsurance that this is not yet another trick. For example, um, I ran an uh, interrogation workshop and seminar and uh, someone I'd known for years, um, who'd served me uh, for years, was uh, part of it. And she'd been out of my care and out of my authority for a few years and had come back. And uh, it worked so well on her that once she cracked, she could not believe it was over even after we let her go. She was convinced it was yet another trick. And only when we gave her back her clothes, 
let her uh, destroy one of the props, only then did she settle down back into the normal world because her reality had been drastically altered. This can happen. Just be prepared. It's a natural part of things. Um, just be prepared that they may not bounce back immediately. Give, um, give whatever they need, whatever multiple reassurances they need that this isn't another trick. And remember, you've never lied. This is the reason to have never lied, so that you can look straight at them and go, this is not another trick. It's over. And they can't immediately assume it's another, you know, they, 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 they're, they're going to have their own insecurities and justifications to work against. They don't need you working against them, too. Allow them time to get their bearings so they can appreciate your work from a place of security and stability. Guide them to a goal state by what you say and how you make them feel. Just a note, if it seems like it's going wrong, if they're panicked at the wrong taste or it seems violent or beyond what you wanted from the experience, don't be proud. Call it off, let them in on it, calm them down, find out what went wrong. Okay, you'll know what to do next time to get what you want. Now, let's look at the, the, the spike points for the boy terrified of cockroaches. It's simple enough. After you've had enough, just remove the blindfold, show him the feather and the spray can. He'll figure it out. He'll relax. Hysteria will pass. Modest slave and peeping Tom. Arrange a, a ringing of the doorbell while he's tied and blindfolded, and then wait for a few minutes. When you come back, wear heavier shoes, alter your tread, wear gloves, whisper he's just like you pictured him. Even better, get an accomplice to do it. If you don't smoke, light a cigarette. Rather than continue the scene as usual, explore his body like it's new to you, increasing in roughness till you get him right where you want him, and then in the end, let him see the slave, uh, slave in the dog kennel. Once he thinks the kennel is built in the backyard, lead him out blindfolded. Make him recommit to your authority, reaffirming in his own words that you have the right to do to him what you want. Make him admit it, even ask for it. Inexpensive, large pet carriers or dog houses are not available are, are available at pet stores. Crawl him in, lock him down, give it a few minutes, especially if you think you've walked away. When you've had enough, let him back give him back his sight, bring him back inside so he can reclaim the place in your space that you've allowed him, most likely with an all new appreciation for your generosity. Slave in the surprise party. This one ends pretty classically with the guest yelling surprise, your subject blinking and staring positive effect of a lot of people there with smiles will put them back on their feet very quickly. Boy, to be fucked by Leatherman. When you're done, take the blindfold off so he can see who it is who's violating him. Again, it's pretty classic. Of course, you could keep him in suspense a while. Walk into the room wearing the boots, gloves, strap on, smoking a cigar. Your call. The important common denominator here is the return to normality, the closure, allowing the mind play to end. This allows them to regain their equilibrium and probably experience a massive high, as well as allowing you to take your bows. Now, if you feel really confident about where you are, where you're heading, and what you want to happen, if you're there but not quite over, and you want to debate pushing the envelope, push. Get the boy to admit he braved the cockroaches for his mistress. Get sexual in the scene of the slave who thinks you're a stalker. Keep the slave in the dog kennel overnight. Subject the birthday slave to a degrading inspection at the hands of unknown strangers before the blindfold comes off. Try making the boy come and admit excitement while being fucked by the mystery leatherman. I'm not going to sanction going the extra mile as mandatory or even desired. I'll not commit on, pa on paper or recording to saying it's a good idea. I will, however, say that under the right circumstances, the right people, it's everything it's supposed to be. Be careful. Don't be stupid. If you're going to do something, do it right. Sometimes you just have to say go big or go home. Now, one last note. Every so often, carry through on your threats. Make it real. Make it happen. Every outlandish thing you do gives credibility to a dozen mind fucks. If they think your threat is simply beyond you, they'll learn very quickly not to believe it. And I suspect be more than a little disappointed in the end. But if they think you're capable of anything, then they'll believe anything. 
remember I said, never bluff. Never threaten anything you're not willing to do. Now, I have one more example, but what I want to do is open this up to everybody being able to talk because I want you to help me build the example and, you know, do this kind of work, workbook workshop, I think. So if people can punch in. If, uh, if I can take one second, this is Kimmy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I first, I want to remind everybody that um, we are recording this. Um, we may work something out, you know, to have you guys find something that says, you know, you won't duplicate it. But if you're, if you're, you know, freaked out that you might not catch everything, don't, don't worry about it because we do have it recorded. Um, that's the first thing. Um, Flag, whenever you have time, I just remembered about a mindfuck that I had heard about. So if you guys go ahead. Um, I actually read about a mindfuck where they had taken um, this boy. Um, it was in the middle of a club. They uh, they blindfolded him. They they tied him up to to something so he couldn't move. Um, they uh, his mistress ended up pouring water on him, but talking about how he was going to light him on fire because I think it was like his birthday and they were going to light him on fire for his birthday. And she poured water on him, and she had people in the background confirming things. She let him smell, um, like, a piece of cotton with the alcohol on it and got him all worked up and then flicked, you know, with no alcohol near, flicked a lighter. He freaked out. Now, that's a pretty extreme mindfuck, but it's a mindfuck. So that's the one I heard about. Well, that covers it exactly. He... um I mean, the difference here is she didn't build up to it. She just told him, I'm going to do X. What I'm I'm talking about is something a little more subtle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, but it's it's all the tools of the illusion right there. Okay, do I still have everybody? Everyone, feel free to hit X or uh, 6 and go, uh, go with it. I need a little feedback for this part. Anybody? I know we have people. Do you want us to all come unmuted so that we can just mm-hmm. respond immediately, or what? Do you, what exactly yeah, are you asking? Everybody, for? everybody can come unmuted. More of a party line here. Should we like say, "Hey, I'm unmuted," so that you know yeah, that just, everybody just is? Yeah, just so we got a head count here. Okay. Okay, I'm unmuted. Thank you. I'm unmuted. I'm unmuted. Tony, president accounted for. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Uh, it's a relief for me to hear you out there. I can't even hear you breathing this way. It's all very, very tense until you start signing back in. Okay. Sounds like we got everybody. So do you want heavy breathing? Is that what you're asking for? <laughs> no, I, I, I can get that on my own <laughs> every time I go up a flight of stairs. Okay. <laughs> one more example, but I want everybody to, to help kick in on this one. Now, the example is uh, we're going to convince somebody that you're going to zap them with a cattle prod. Okay? So... Your end result is this person in mortal terror of a cattle prop. So what could we do in terms of an illusion? What could we do in terms of a prop? And we can make this one long distance. We can make it intimate, we, any, any way we want to spin this. The sound of something hot hitting water, steaming. Well... That's at the moment, but how do we get them there? How do we get them thinking about cattle prods? I am from Texas, and there's a lot of ranting around, so I would maybe mention in passing that um, at the store I I had met this rancher guy, and he was talking about how he accidentally shocked someone with a cattle prod. Okay. See, now you can bring it into conversation. Bingo. That's, That's a great one. So time we talk about, it's, and not only that, the conversation was about this guy. It wasn't about cattle prods. You're just mentioning cattle prods accidentally. You mentioned X while talking about Y. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. 
Um, how about, that's a suggestion, how about an illusion? A prop or a misleading item? They're, they're your boys, they're under, you know, you can make them go surf websites. You can make them comparison shop for you. Give them a list of four things. One of them's a cattle pro. Make them do a little work for you. Make them think it's on your mind. Make them collect and compare prices, voltage, studies. Then, you know, even if you don't order one, you can mock up a box or a receipt, or it's very easy to get the catalogs. Catalogs are great. Um, so you bring it up in conversation, you get a catalog. If you create a prop like a website or a, uh, once you've introduced the prop, the next step is to deny information about it. So you'd make them do research on the cattle prods, and when then you ask them why, you refuse to talk about it. Or show, you know, let them find the catalog if you have face-to-face -face contact, and then remove the catalog without explanation. Create a question. Because as long as they have answers, they don't have dread. Then uh, at some point, I during discussion with them, determine that the cattle was within your structure. You said I could do anything to you. List five things. Make one of them a cattle prod. Gee, cattle prods I've seen don't leave marks and bruises. The only limit I have is I can't bruise you. Isn't that right? Introduce that it's possible, that it's within your power, that you would not be breaking your... I'd find a way to introduce it so that I was not uh, breaking my uh, my structure. But that's just another way to bring it up. It's not necessary. Some stuff that you want to mindfuck people on is guaranteed to be outside your structure. Um, make a wrapper and unmarked box visible. You know, any odd box will do once they're thinking about it. You have to say cattle prod. Um, I really like the idea of involving somebody, and, and if you're doing long distance, you can do IMS or email or, um, you know, anything about, you know, did they get, did your mistress get the thing I sent her? Oh, yeah. That works really well. Um, you've got the other goddesses to work with. You've got the other dominants. You've got friends, and then you've got people in the community, and they'll turn on each other like sharks. <laughs> they'll absolutely... At least my experience is uh, they, they'll they'll do it to her is a, a fairly common <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you're if you're also using IMs, then you can do it yourself and just create uh, absolutely. That's right. Just a random you know alternate have, accounts. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I hadn't even thought about that. The alternate the alternate email account. Sure. Um. Yeah, you can you can even fake spam, you know, just in terms of a. Uh, I knew someone who faked spam so that when they were trying to freak their 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 uh, boy about an impending anal rape, they kept getting different versions of what looked like um, man on man anal anal action throughout the week. So it was constantly there and on their mind, even though it had no visible connection to their owner. Um, yeah, you've got you've got a lot of tools. I like the fake website. I like the real website. Making them go and do things, because if the idea is uh, they have to do things for you, you know, comparison shopping, taking notes, tedious drudge work and research that you don't want to do, and they can do from their office. Um, also, I'll contribute. Also, what you could have them do research on, like. What what's the lowest voltage like a human can take and not take damage? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now you're getting it. It's just different angles at approaching the same topic, none of which are specifically accountable. 
none of which are an absolute statement that you're doing something. Make them worry. Then um, create your moment of conflict. Um, you know, sensory depth is incredibly useful for the moment of conflict. You really want to blindfold them almost all the time for things like this. And then find a way to really push that envelope. They think you've got a cattle prod. Tell them you know, just work this moment as hard as you can. And then talk about their alarm clock. You know, there's there's any number of ways with a loud buzz. Why? Can you um think of anything that that someone could do if if it's long distance and and you're dreading the I mean doesn't that have to be like a complete psychology thing for them if you can't actually produce a, a cattle prod in the same room? Do you know what I mean? Anybody hear me? I hear you. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> Did we lose flag? He sounded like he was like cutting up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he'll he'll uh we may have to uh call him and see if we can do a a three way if his if his uh, cell phone cut off. But um while we wait for him, are you guys in, enjoying everything? Oh yeah. Mhm. Yeah, we're uh, calling him now and making sure that he's aware that he left the building. I <laughs> <laughs> left the building. <laughs> um, does Does anybody have any questions? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, you had said something about the fact that this is being recorded. Correct. Um, are you going to let us have that um, in with our admission price or... Yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and provide that with uh, the admission price since you guys already you know paid for that and and that way you know I'm back. Oh yay! Hi Matthew. Welcome. Welcome. Sorry about that. I'm not entirely sure why that happened, but all right. Well, and so that's pretty much actually the end right there. So at this point, we're just open for discussion. I've well, I covered asked, all. I actually asked a question right as you cut off. <laughs> okay, and what was uh, that question? My question was: Is there any way, if you're doing this long distance and you can't actually produce a cattle prod for, for them in the same room, can you think we can do that's not? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that because this is going to be the, the nature of, of, of this community. Um, a lot of it has to base on what your actual threats and power are. Um, so, because everything you're doing is so deeply involved in fantasy for them, in engaging their imagination. Um, I don't know how much in terms of mundane interaction you encourage or allow. Um, but essentially look at what it is they're there for. It, it all comes back to the motivation segment. Look at what they're there for. And not specifically the now some of them are just there to to fulfill a fetish so all you're going to have is fetish motivation but in others you're going to see common threads of what they want what they need what it is they're looking for that's your leverage having that and having that the ability to deny that is where your power comes from what are the things that what are the hoops that you make them jump through to get it on an ordinary basis, what are the hoops that you make them jump through to, to please you, to be worth your time, generally? Those are the things that you can start. That That's going to be your illustration of your level of interaction and level of power. The ultimate threat you might have is no longer contacting them. It's hard for me to tell from out here what you've got. And it's hard for me to tell what kind of threats, you know, if you've got someone on the phone and they live a fantasy of being able to crawl and, and, and lick your boots, 
during that time where they're deeply immersed, they're going to be very suggestible. And they are committing everything they are and everything they've got to enjoying this long-distance concept to the fullest. That's the time and place to mess with them. Because if you just said, you know, um, Fred, if you displease me, I'm going to put a cockroach down your shorts, it may not mean anything. But if he's deep in the throats of goddess worship, deep in his fantasy, and that's when you say, I don't know, anybody who deserved to lick my boots would be willing to do anything for me. Would you be willing to do anything? The answer is almost always going to be yes. <laughs> and then that's when you start working your leverage. That's when you start going, anything's a big word. I know you're afraid of something. I have something here. And then over a period of calls and a period of communications, you start dropping the ominous, what could anything be? Someone who'd do anything for me would be willing to eat whatever they're eating on fear factor, whatever it is that you're, that you're trying to screw with them. And if you nail them there and then, it'll mean something. If you nail them in that vulnerable time, it'll mean something. If you nail them outside vulnerable time, it probably will mean nothing. I think that's my best advice for trying to figure out where your soft spots are and what you can use. Because during those times where they're willing to suspend their disbelief and their fantasy is everything, just introduce a new element to their fantasy. That's when all of a sudden the threat of a cattle prod matters. Because if they want to maintain the fantasy of bootlicking, they have to accept the fantasy of the, of the cattle prod. I also had another thought, and I, I don't know if it's outside uh, the bounds of the structure or not, but I know that a lot of callers will, some some will actually buy stuff, you know, that, that you say that you want them to get. Like, some will go out and get rope and tie themselves up and things like that. I, if Just with the cattle prod analogy, I don't know if it's outside the structure to say, I want you to go buy a cattle prod and then fuck how, you know, that you might have them use it on themselves. Is that outside the bounds? I, I, I wouldn't mess around with it because I never know what people are actually doing or they're willing to do. Um, you know, because some of these people are just downright stupid and some of them aren't, and I have no clue. Um, and worse, it creates an opportunity for them to lie, where There's they can just way, say. Mm-hmm. There's another way, though, where what I would do is say that I'm going to send him something. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know, and then, and, you know, and leave, and with the mystery into it, I'm going to send you something, you know, that I want you to use in our sessions, you know. Right. And, and, and draw that out a little bit. But not only that, there's, there's other stuff. I mean, you get the, the married guy who secretly wants to cross-dress. Um, you could terrorize him by forcing him to wear panties to work all week. Now, I mean, it's what he really wants to do, but he can't do it but by your seemingly getting ready to force the issue. You start talking about it, you drop it, you make him explain to you over and over why it's not safe for him to do so, you make him apologize for it, and then you say, I'm sending you something, and you're going to wear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, what you send him is, you know, a, a tie pin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, but for, for a week, class male, sweating bullets. And then I would make him put that that box on his desk at work and look at it for a week after he's already used Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I would do. Absolutely. Just stare at it. Yeah, you've all got it. It sounds it sounds like so hopefully the notes are, are gonna be it's really just a way of thinking of it so that you can break it down into tools and steps and make it convincing. What it is you're going to have to, you know, you'll tailor signature to your people. Great. Does anybody have any questions? Chirp, chirp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, everybody's going to be getting... Uh, oh, 
Yes. Here's, uh, what format would the recording be in? I'm sure you were going to say that anyway. <laughs> um, I'm not sure yet, but I will see about that, and I can let you guys all know. Great. Oh, hold on. It's an MP3. <laughs> hey, I actually have a fairy. Normally, I'm the fairy. It's wonderful to have a fairy. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> wasn't there going to okay. be a I, I I think that covers it. Um, yeah. I, I hope this was useful. It was thought provoking and gave everybody something to to work with and play with. And uh, I'll be doing more of these on a couple of different uh, on a lot of different topics actually. Great. I thought it was great and definitely thought provoking. So thanks. Well, thank you. I I'm I, I'm I'm I hope it was well worth the time. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you all for being here. Good night now. Okay. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for being here. And if you have any questions, please feel free to just email me or send me a message. And uh, there you go. Have a good night, guys. Okay, great. Thanks, Jimmy. No problem. Bye. That concludes this audio presentation of MindFucks. On behalf of everyone at CollarCult.com, I'd like to thank you for your support and remind you that all rights to this program have been reserved. Please return to CowerCult.com often for more information on other programs and events.